0: Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Philippians 4, 6. A Current Affair by Tom C. Stiles Dark, threatening clouds filled the sky as the three young men pulled away from their campsite. They were headed for Lake Michigan's Thunder Bay. "'Quite a day to dive, huh?' Troy said bleakly to his two friends. "'Fits my mood perfectly,' Greg thought to himself. His mind was filled with doubts about both life and God, and he'd chosen this weekend to sort of get away from everything. But even here, the clouds had tracked him down. "'At least there won't be many boats out today,' Larry piped up. "'That means we won't have to wait long to get the boat off the ramp.' Greg let out a long sigh, then sat up. Well, I guess it won't matter much what the weather's like topside. Once we're on that wreck down below, I don't care how hard it rains, as long as the bilge pump keeps our boat afloat. A grin crossed Greg's face, the first of the weekend. So which wreck do you guys want to start with? Troy asked his companions. Larry pulled out a map of Lake Michigan titled Shipwreck Preserves. Pointing to a wreck site none of them had ever tried before, he asked, How about this one? Greg leaned over. Yeah, I've read the description on that one. Let's do it. A short time later, the three of them were headed across the cold waters of Lake Michigan. By now, the sun had decided to put in an appearance, although the waves were still running a choppy two to three feet. Larry pointed at an orange 55-gallon drum floating on the surface of the water. There's the marker, he shouted above the steady drone of the boat's motor. Troy pulled the boat alongside the buoy, while Greg grabbed a rope and tied it to the marker. "'I'm glad we have dry suits,' Larry commented. "'I'm glad we have dry suits,' Larry commented. "'At 110 feet, this water is going to be freezing.'" As Greg donned his gear, he found himself wanting to pray for God's protection, just as he used to. But he forced the idea from his mind. God just wasn't going to be a part of this dive, if there even was a God. Pulling his mask on, Greg slipped into the water first, then waited for the others to join him. Following along a rope that had been attached to the buoy, the three divers descended into a world of gray. As they slowly pulled their way down the line, their underwater world became even darker. Then suddenly, it began to take shape. What an incredible sight, Greg thought. This is better than a Jacques Cousteau film. The rope was leading them to the foredeck of a picture-perfect shipwreck site. The masts of the ship were still standing, and the anchor chains led off the bow into oblivion. The ship's wheel was in place just ahead of the aft mast. This was fantastic! It seemed as though their exploration had just begun when the divers' timers began going off, signaling that the safe time limit had been reached. Reluctantly, the trio headed back toward the surface. Slowly, as before, they became enshrouded in an oppressive layer of grayness. After two decompression stops, the three young men broke the surface of the water. What a great sight, Larry beamed, climbing back on board the boat. Never seen one better, Troy echoed. I just wish these tanks held twice the amount of air that they do. Agreed. Well, let's get our fresh tanks ready and head to another spot. I'll untie the rope. Larry edged his way over to where the rope was attached to the buoy but the choppy water rocked the boat back and forth, making the task nearly impossible. Let me give you a hand, Greg offered after unzipping his suit. He made his way toward Larry and reached out to untie the knot. Suddenly, the bow of the boat dropped, and Greg's head and glasses hit the buoy. Are you okay? Larry asked. Yeah, Greg shouted, but grab my glasses. But it was too late. "'Greg's brand-new, expensive glasses were headed for the bottom of Lake Michigan. "'I have to do something,' Greg thought, his head spinning. "'He knew that diving back to their previous depth right away would be dangerous. "'There would be a risk of getting the bends. "'He turned to Troy. "'Look, let's get our fresh tanks and go to another dive site, one that's not this deep. "'You and Larry can go down while I sit it out. "'When you come up, we'll head back to this site, and I'll have another look around.' That's okay with me, Troy replied. What about you, Larry? Have I ever turned down a dive, he said with a smile. A short time later, Greg lay in the cabin of the boat, his friends in the water beneath him. Slowly, his thoughts turned toward God. Are you there, God? Are you really there? God, if you're somewhere out there, help me to find my glasses in this great big lake. If you do, I'll never doubt you again. After they returned to the first site, Greg once again donned his suit and gear. Because the buoy had moved by now, he'd have to use the boat's anchor line as a guide. The chances of finding a pair of glasses on the bottom of the world's largest inland lake were slim, but somehow he sensed that he would be searching for more than a pair of lost glasses. "'You know, this job would sure be easier if I were wearing my glasses,' he said with a laugh. Then he lowered his mask and slipped into the water." Larry leaned over the edge of the boat. "'Remember, you have five minutes of bottom time. Be careful.' Greg signaled that he understood, then sank beneath the surface. Hand over hand, Greg pulled himself down the line. Earlier, the group had made some calculations to help Greg know where to look for the glasses. It was all dependent on the direction of the current and certain other variables. "'Yes, finding my glasses would definitely be in the realm of the miraculous,' Greg thought." Soon, Greg's feet touched the lake bottom. This time, the line had not led him to the wreck. Instead, he found himself standing on a flat desert of gray, hard-packed clay. Greg began to slow walk around the lake bottom. All he could see was a vast horizon of the great clay. He turned slowly, checking out his surroundings. Just then, something caught his eye. About fifteen feet away, an object reflected in the small amount of late afternoon sun— Making his way toward the deep sea glint, Greg tried to focus on the object. Slowly, as if in a trance, he reached down and picked up his glasses. Greg studied his watch to check his airtime. Kneeling on the bottom of Lake Michigan, he sent a prayer shooting through the grayness to his, yes, his Heavenly Father.